Hey, this is Alex with Bass and Brews. If you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Let me explain. Anchor has the tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. So easy, Paul can do it. What's up, you wonderful folks? This is Alex with Swamp Rat Fishing, and today is a new episode of Bass and Brews. You know, your friendly podcast where we're not very professional, we're not really good at it, but gosh darn, do we try. Tonight, we've got Paul Roberts, uh, a.k.a. Paul Heels on Instagram. Before we get to my wonderful guest, first I want to talk about Hookset Hoodlums. Right now, at the time of this recording, they just dropped some new merch. Uh, they just dropped my personal favorite, the Hook Set versus Everyone shirt. Um, one, it's an amazing company. It's an amazing pro staff team. Um, and by that, I mean it's more than a team. We've all become a family. Uh, everybody fishes hard, gives each other a large amount of bullshit, um, and it's just amazing. So if you head over to hooksethoodlums.com, use promo code SWAMPRATFISHING, all one word, you can get yourself a discount. Uh, also, I want to give a shout out to Damien over at Stretching Lines Angler Gear. So Damien's running this. Uh, it's a pretty new company. He's only been out for about a year and a half, two years. Um, he has some killer soft plastics. And what makes his company really great is he's got a website, which is stretchinglines.com. You go over there. He's got the normal, um, you know, affair of colors. But you hit him up on Instagram. He will make any custom combination that you want. I sent him what I like to now refer to as a Swamp Rat Special, which is a very dark purple June bug that just works in my tannic waters. Dude was able to recreate it perfectly. It's like a dark purple with a blue and red flake. It's just money. So definitely hit him up uh, on Instagram. He's Stretching Lines Angler Gear, and you can also go to stretchinglines.com. So tonight, we've got Paul Roberts. We've decided, me and him talked, we said we need to bring in, you know, a little Southern influence into this podcast. And because I'm a very unprofessional, shitty podcast, um, I forgot to introduce the beer. So tonight, <laughs> we've got Cape May Brewing Company, Follow the Gull. This thing is an IPA. It says it's citrusy, tropical, and juicy at a 5.5. Let's see here. They, they say you should uh, drink it with tacos chicken and sunshine <laughs> kate may you're not lying it's delicious it's delicious with uh bass fishing uh basements and uh bullshitting also so paul tell me about yourself man i'm so happy to have you on like like we talked about kind of before we did this it's nice to have a southern influence into this 
Um, we might have to put captions up. We kind of chit-chatted about that. Um, but you're from North Carolina, is that correct? Yeah, yeah. So first, I, I want to say I've got the helmet on, which I've got it on for a couple more minutes. Anytime I drink, my wife makes me wear my protective pig gear. <laughs> um, you know, once she goes to bed, I can take this off because it's very uncomfortable. Second, I want to shout out my local beer. Yeah, we care about company. Hop Roar, which is a 7.5% IPA, and Carolina Brewing Company is the OG of breweries here in uh, Raleigh, Durham, Chapel Hill, Triangle, North Carolina area. You know what's but funny it, is I've actually had that beer, and it is delicious. Like, no well, joke, not yeah. not bullshitting for some kind of clout or whatever. Where? Like, I've had that beer. It's delicious. Where? Um, So I, I used to live in Philly, and uh, so I still work in Philly. I just live outside of it now. But they have it at, like, two different pubs up in Philly. Dude, literally, the brewery is a sixteenth of a mile from my house. Oh, that's dangerous for me. That's dangerous. Oh, dude, it, it is. And, look, you can go into this brewery and drink back where they brew beer. I love it. Oh, in the brew room. I love it. I love so, it, man. I got to take this helmet off. Y'all don't tell my wife. <laughs> wear this with her so let me put my hat on i'll tell you what speaking of breweries i, I love this like some people might think it's the hat i just saw it <laughs> I, I love that these little breweries will let you come in watch where they make it yeah get messed up while they make it it's amazing look, i love it look i walk in the owners over there throwing you know cardboard boxes off the top to put into into the six packs i, mean, I love it it's great. There, it's it's a wonderful place. It's it's been here since 1995 in Holly Springs. It is it is literally because you know we got Asheville, which mm -hmm. is one of the micro brewery places, yeah. capitals of the world. But this little brewery has been in where I live now in Holly Springs, North Carolina. Has been here since 95. It literally it. is one of the OG breweries of this triangle area i'm about to say that's got to be even farther like obviously i rep kate may um they don't sponsor it but kate may i just put a thing up you really should sponsor me it'd be really great for my bank account if i could get some kickback well but they they've only been around for like seven eight years like 95 that's a long time it, it, it's dude that is yeah. that is pre microbrewery blow up by I, I, that's pre hipster by at least 10 years. Yeah, that's so, insane. Yeah, it is crazy, dude. Same place, same little area. The area I live in now is huge. It's got mm -hmm. like 30,000 people in it. But in 95, it had 10,000 people and was an afterthought of the area. So, you know, we want to talk about breweries and beer and, yeah. and, and people picking a place. It, it's, it's really amazing. So, I and I... Anyway, I, love I mean, we, we haven't got to the questions, but I'll even gush about North Carolina. Like I, so I'm in the um, great, uh, great state of New Jersey. Um, I mean, I, I use that word great, yeah, liberally. Um, well, well, you've got Taylor Ham or pork roll. No, that's a, and that was a quick fire question. It's not Taylor Ham. We're going to close down the interview right now. <laughs> Or pork roll. It's pork roll. We've got some really good what we call down here sub sandwiches. Hoagies. Sub sandwiches. But oh. I, I didn't mean to interrupt. Finish it. No, no, no. I, I totally get actually the subs. But um North Carolina. So so the buddy that actually got me into bass fishing, 
he really like, I mean, he learned on the river that I fish all the time, but he really like honed his craft. He was stationed in Wilmington and all he does is talk about great how it is in North Carolina. And I keep telling the wife, like, listen, when the kids are out of the house, um, like we're moving. And, and I told her like, we're, we're going to move to a nice lake. Well, I said, I'm going to move to a nice lake. I want a nice like double wide trailer. And she goes, Ooh, I don't know about all that. And I said, well, well, sweetheart, at, at, at that point, we've had a good run. You just and said, I'm not saying get divorced. Hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. Time out, time out. Is and this is like lost in translation part, right? Okay. In New Jersey, what's, yes. what's the definition of a double wide? Uh, it's like a... Is it Man, a trailer you pull behind you on the fifth? No, 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 no. I want a trailer like uh, that I can hang my dirty underwear off of it. You know what I mean? Like I want to go full trash. I don't want any semblance that you would ever invite me to a nice dinner. Like that's what I want. So, so you want a true? All right, that, that's what that was my question. You want a true yeah. double wide? I oh mean, no, no. I want a true double wide. I want look, wood paneling, I, hopefully from the eighties, like. Well, not from the 80s because you're going to get a lot of mold. But I can, I'm all right with I can hook you up with a mid to late 90s double wide. I'll take it, man. It's probably got it's probably got a brick foundation on it now, too. The Ooh, that's fancy. Yeah, this this that's ain't fancy. a double wide anymore. It's a double wide house, not house. a double wide trailer. <laughs> so I told her all that, and she's like, I don't know. And I was like, hey, I mean, we. I'm not. I, I don't want to get a divorce. I love you dearly. <laughs> we can meet once a quarter. <laughs> to smush for four days and then uh, I go back to fishing and you go back to what you're doing but I don't want to be in that state she's a mail carrier so she's got it I mean she's got oh, a good job oh no no we're both sucking off the teat of federal uh, funding and uh, that federal pension uh, hey, dude, I used to be a wildland firefighter so mm-hmm. I was a federal wildland firefighter and, um, you know, it, it doesn't matter, but I, I left that to go do some other stuff that's kind of led me to where I am now. Mm-hmm. So I completely understand working off that federal teat, even it's though, nice. even though <laughs> as a wildland firefighter, um, shit gets hairy pretty yeah. often and pretty quick. And uh, so, yeah, it was a good time, good time. But we, we all off fast topic. No, <laughs> we're way off. So let's start from the beginning. We'll rewind it back. We've got Paul Roberts on, already loving this interview. Um, I did write, because uh, I'm trying to be professional on this podcast. I don't think it's going to work. Um, but <laughs> anyway, so we've got Paul Roberts on. He's from North you Carolina. As in beer in your, <laughs> in your title. So we're exactly. good. People know what to expect. <laughs> uh, so we got Paul Roberts. He's a kayak angler from North Carolina. He's a lot more, as you guys have already heard. He... Uh, he names his fish. Um, he's a beekeeper. Like, we've got so much to unbox in this. Like, I just can't wait. But let's start at the beginning on how you got into fishing in the outdoors. Uh, so, you know, I'm from I'm originally from South Carolina, little little small town, South Carolina. It's got about 700 people in it. The town's one square mile, and only about 200 to 700 live in the, in the town. Mm-hmm. And so it's known for A.O. Smith water heaters and peaches. Okay. <laughs> and so where I was from, though, had a lot of farm ponds. And my grandpa owned 
um, back in the day, one of the peach farms in the area. And we about to get in some country shit now. Oh, I love it. I've got the closed captions ready. Don't follow along. So I'm four years old and I want to go fishing. I can't remember why, whatever the reason. But at the farm, we had the hog pond. And it was called the hog pond because they raid ho- raised hogs. Mm-hmm. And for, I don't know, about half a mile, three quarters of a mile, the hog pen was the pond. <laughs> <laughs> they called it the hog pond because you'd go out there and damn the hogs were over there wallering. All up in it. Up on the bank in the pond. But uh, where I'm from in South Carolina is a lot of longleaf pine, so it's a lot of tannic water. So we got that you know, sweet tea, coffee, black water that's clear. But the fish are beautiful. Yes. And typically that tannic water is very nutrient rich. So you have huge turtles and mm-hmm. Uh, y'all call them up there pike or damn what the hell's the other words y'all call pike? pickerel well we call them chain well they're chain pickerel or right but you yeah. guys call them jackfish right yeah yeah so down here we call them some bitches jackfish yep and we'll get some biggins and 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 so when we catch jackfish they're so bony they're hard to eat we we usually use them as catfish bait mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway Fair so enough. we get to the hog pond and, and my grandpa who was a golfer takes me down to the hog pond and I didn't have a Snoopy reel or no shit like that. I don't know. It was a <laughs> black and blue with a clear rod, little kid reel. Mm-hmm. We get down there with a cork. We throw it in. I'll be damn. I catch a bass. I have no idea how big this bass was. It could have been a pound. It could have been eight pounds, <laughs> but it was big enough that I reeled it in. We have no, like this is 1985. We didn't have no stringer, no bucket, no nothing. I'm like, we keeping this. And you got to understand, my grandpa was a farmer. Like mm-hmm. we don't, we don't waste time. <laughs> we out here to fish. We out here to catch a fish. We catch fish. It's time to go back to work. Right. It's, catch a fish. I'm like, we keeping this fish. And he's like, no, we don't have no stringer. Blah blah blah. I was like, no, I want to eat this fish. <laughs> he breaks off a, a branch of a tree. We string the fish up. We take it back home. My daddy had hurt his back, was laid up in bed. We walk, I walk in with this fish on a, a piece of a wood off a tree. As my stringer, I'm like, we're cooking this fish. We walk in. My mama's in there getting ready. She's a school teacher, getting ready for school. I'm like, we're cooking this fish. And all I remember is we go out there, we clean the fish in the backyard. <laughs> And we get a frying pan and we fry the damn fish up. I remember eating it. I don't remember anything after that. But like that started me in the fishing. And I'm going to tell you right now, Paul, that is the most country ass story I've ever heard for starting <laughs> fishing. I love it. I love it. That is. <laughs> I mean, yeah, we fried the damn, we literally fried the fish up on a piece of wood fire on the carport. We weren't even in the yard. <laughs> We put a little fire on an old cast iron frying pan with probably butter. Hell, I don't know. Oh, it's probably Crisco. Just Crisco for days. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so we fried that thing up, but that's rare. Like, so to put it all in perspective, I grew that, like, that's how I I didn't live on the farm. I lived in town, the town of 200. (laughs) One square mile big, right? You know, city boy, city boy, right? That's right. That's right. But you know, I 
I loved outdoors. I love fishing. That's what got me started. My grandpa, who took me fishing originally, uh, loved to golf. And every time he took me golfing, which was pretty often, like the only thing I could think about, anytime we got around water, I was always down there at the water because mm-hmm. I drank golf cart. I ain't golf. He was drinking and golfing and playing <laughs> money. I'm down there at the water looking at where the fish were going to be. And so, uh, but my daddy, on the other hand, he didn't know shit about fishing, but he, he went and bought us this little jacked up John boat and this little motor and me and him would go out and fish. And he had a buddy through his work that was a good, good angler. And mm-hmm. matter of fact, we say, why the fuck are we fishermen? Ain't nobody saying we huntermen or hunter women. I mean, why the fuck we fishers? You a hunter, I'm a fisher. Right? I no, I mean that kind of makes sense. Well, I, yeah, I, see, see I honestly thought you were gonna go the other way. How come we're not anglers? I guess that would be well, the more fancy way. Term, yeah, I used the term angler. Yeah, but yeah, no. I was thinking today we hunters. Right. Why ain't we, we fishers? Should be- we should be fishers. Hell, we, hell, we gonna start that shit tonight. We listen. Fish. I blame it on the fly fisherman. Um, <laughs> I blame it on the fly fisherman. If anybody knows this show, um, even though we had Big Nasty on um, last week, um, fly fishermen can eat a dick, um, and it's their fault for any why anybody thinks we're douchey. So, oh, speaking of speaking of some past, y'all go check out Lockwood Fishing. Lockwood. Lockwood an amazing beard and my man has that northern accent like nobody's business <laughs> but go check out his latest post today which have been six nine and you can see where his beard came from it's from his buddy aubrey's side cuts <laughs> <laughs> i love lockwood it's gonna be great so this is gonna come out and then, you know, it's funny. Um, so, Paul, you haven't seen it yet. I got Big Nasty coming on. He's actually coming on at time of recording in two days, right? So, him and Lockwood uh, probably like two months ago met up, and it was the most amazing story. Like, they only talked on Instagram like twice. And then, so Big Nasty rolls down there, and Big Nasty's like, uh, he's a big Filipino cowboy from Connecticut who fly fishes. And he goes oh, down. Cowboy from Connecticut, yeah. who fishes. Yep. I got holy shit. Sounds like sounds like an absolute star to me. Yep. So he, then he goes down to Crumpton, Maryland, with Lockwood, who is this um, man. He, he he's become the the mascot of Hookset. This dude <laughs> is um, unfiltered, uh, uncensored, uh, tons of knowledge. Yeah. yeah, and follow him on Instagram. I love him. Dude's awesome. Dude's awesome, and we're trying to get him to write a book um, because, uh, I mean, other podcasts talk about it, uh, the more professional ones like uh, Jigs and Biggs and Bobby uh, Baloney and uh, all those guys over there. But uh, they, they talk about this Hooks at Hoodlums pro staff thread uh, or DM chat that we have on Instagram, and Lockwood likes to send us to sleep uh, every other night with a story that usually involves cocaine, hookers, and jail time. <laughs> It's uh, it's insane. So, so they so they hooked up like two, three Johnny months ago. Of at L- Dude, Johnny Cash <laughs> would blush around this man. So so like two, three months ago, Cody went out and visited him, and they had an amazing time. Cody, he got Cody like catching 
big old bass on jigs. And we're talking about a fly fisherman transitioning to like a bottom <laughs> finesse jig. So they're going to do it again. So if you guys haven't watched either of those, watch those and then stay tuned because we're going to have both of them on like a special two hour. It's not going to be bass and brews. It's going to be bass and hard liquor only. It's going to be insane. Have me so, a guest for the hard liquor because look, I can drink a 750 Evan Williams green label in no time, but it's, it's, it's a good time in no time. If that right. No, it's, Listen, the last time I drank hard liquor on this podcast was the Wild Bill episode. Oh, and, uh, dude, when I stumbled up from my basement, my wife looked at me and she just looked at me and went, what the fuck is wrong with you? Because all she could do was hear me yelling down here, just piss drunk. Like, And at one point, I remember on that one going like, you've only had three beer or you've only had two beers. I've had three, but I didn't count the bullet bourbon I had on the side either. Like an idiot. Look, look, so today Wild Bill put a post on there. And if y'all y'all look through my Instagram, you'll see transition pants tagged. And so today, and so t- t- today Wild Bill put a damn like this shit together in his kayak and him doing all this shit. And then he had swim shorts on. Yeah. Now he had crocs. I like that crocs. Crocs are no crocs. That's my hashtag. It can be 25 degrees outside. I'm wearing Crocs or no socks when I go fishing. I, I don't it. wear none of this damn wetsuit, dry suit shit. I wear the least amount of possible. That hold on, I'm hold not- on. You're also in North Carolina, so you don't need the wetsuit, dry suit, any of that. No, 20, 22 degrees in North Carolina is the same damn as 22 degrees where you are. <laughs> 22 degrees is 22 degrees. All and right. I have, fished, I have fished numerous times. I wear Crocs or no socks. I wear my transition pants. Say pants when you need pants. Transitions. Hey, oh. <laughs> I usually wear three layers of clothes. Like, I'm cold as shit, but here's the deal. This is the way I look at it. If you follow in the water, mm-hmm. the number one thing is to get out the water and to get the land. Correct. And so, you're wearing all this shit and you fall in the water, it's hard to get up out the water. And then you got to take all this shit off. So, like, you know, my big thing is when I see dudes who are like, hey, I'm prepped for cold water. And then they put on waders. And then they get in a kayak. So, so funny total. Again, sidetrack. This is going to be the episode of sidetracks. Oh, boy, I'm a tangent motherfucker. I'm a tangent. tangent (laughs) I love it. So three months ago, I worked at Sarcase. Uh, If you guys don't know, I'm in the U.S. Coast Guard. So I worked at Sarcase and this guy was out. And his Hobie, maybe we'll get to that. Maybe that boat's just a disaster and for douchebags as well. I don't know. We'll see. But uh, he was out and he went to go take a piss out of his Hobie. And he was, in, he, he was in the inlet, just off of the inlet. And he took a swell and he fell in while wearing waders. So this guy, he's super lucky. He was able to grab the side of the Hobie, but he couldn't get up because the waders filled up. And it was an outgoing tide, so he started getting taken out of the inlet into the Atlantic Ocean. Holy so we shit. got him. We got him about a mile and a half offshore, and we grabbed him. And he's like, "I'm so sorry." He's like, "I just went to take a piss," and he's like, "I don't know if this water is ocean water or piss at this point." <laughs> like, but he keep you warm for at least a minute. Or two. Yeah, people got to be careful with them waders. So speaking of hobies, 
What? Uh, so you're a kayak angler. What do you run for a kayak? And how did you get into kayaks? All right. All right. So, so, so back to the grandpa hog pond. Okay. Fishing. Yeah. yeah. Daddy got us a boat. We fished. Grandpa we had a hobie. <laughs> Grandpa had a hobie. <laughs> Grandpa was interested in no boats or fishing. He's interested in farming and golf. Right. But Daddy bought little old beat up ass John boat with a trolling motor, and we fished in that. And he had a buddy. We we used to just go out there with a Mets minnow. Does anybody you might know the Mets minnow is, is a yep. spinner with the Mets on it. And and down here in this hog in this hog pond where we started fishing and fish for shit I don't know year or two, we call bass, jackfish, pickerel, <laughs> bluegill, and down here in the south we don't call them panfish. Panfish is a shit that is in the pan that you're gonna eat. We call them bluegill or they pumpkin seeds. You know we call them by what the hell they really are because down here in the south we all about technicalities. So. Said no so, one ever. <laughs> yeah. So we catch all the shit and and we would like that's what we used was Mets Minas. And every now and again we throw on a damn curly tail worm, but we would hook it through like you would, you know, a, a night around. So they, oh yeah, yeah. Run it right on through. Open hook, <laughs> didn't get caught. We didn't fish it because she'd get caught or anything. We didn't fish the bank. We fished out in the middle, which honestly. When we look back at it now, just fishing out in the middle so that we didn't get hung up was one of the best things ever because we were able to catch some fish because fish live in the deep (laughs) and they come up to the shallow. And so anyway, we did this and daddy, my, my daddy ended up, he had a buddy of his he worked with that knew how to fish. And we started fishing his name, Mr. Tommy, man, we met fishing with Mr. Tommy all over we caught some good ass fish and that's really where it started with me learning how to fish. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, from a standpoint of not just throw and retrieve. Right. And then we had some other folks here in the town that I worked in that fish in, um, you know, back in the eighties and nineties, the, 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 I don't even know what the hell it, it is now to compare it, but it's the red man series. Okay. So it was yeah. like the regional and local, <clears throat> bass series that people fish to get into bass and mm-hmm. it was red man as in red man tobacco like chewing the, tobacco yeah the chewing tobacco red, right? yeah it's back in the days when when tobacco companies were sponsoring your little league baseball teams right the marlboro marauders that was actually yeah. the name of my little league team <laughs> <laughs> and your coach was out smoking cigarettes on third base. Like he was a chimney. Coach. Like he was a chimney. Because you're from California originally, right? No, uh, Washington State. Oh, Washington. Washington. Okay, yeah, yeah. It's basically but, the same thing. Damn, look, I fought fire in Kettle Falls, Washington. You know where that is? Where, I don't know. Where is it close to? What's the next biggest town? almost in Canada. Oh, so you're up north. Are you... West or east of the uh, north or west of the Cascades? I don't northwest Washington Kettle Falls. Okay, Google it. Google it. it's twenty. It's twenty twenty one. We can Google it. But it's <laughs> like a mile from. I was fighting wildfires a mile from uh, Canada in Kettle right. Falls, and then by the time by the end of the detail, we were in Hills Canyon, Oregon. Oh, yeah. Okay. I think I know what fire you're talking about, too. That was, uh, yeah. It was, 
uh, I don't know. This would have been 2008. Anyway, yep. see, here we go. T- tangent. <laughs> so anyway, Grandpa, Hog Pond, Daddy Fishing, Tommy Fishing, Red Man Fishing. I, I fished every little farm pond known to man where I grew up. Had permission to fish them all. Fished some lakes with some buddies here and there. And like my dream was to be you know, a professional fisherman and fish. And I, I played sports all through high school. Had an opportunity to go to University of North Carolina to play football, which I went went and did in 2000. Mm-hmm. And so when that happened, that cut out pretty much all of my fishing. Sure. And so 2000, I think it was five or six, done with football, finishing up college. It had been 2000, actually been 2004. And... I joined a local bass club as a mm-hmm. non-boater, the only non-boater in the club, and fished <laughs> with them for a couple of years. And um, <laughs> during that time I graduated college, I, I, I was a police officer. <laughs> and then I went from being a police officer to being a wildland firefighter. Okay. So all this shit took me down to, in 2008, South Carolina, back where I grew up. So I'm fishing. I got a little bass boat. I'm fishing. And then I get an, a, a, another job in Aiken, South Carolina, which is North Augusta. And my fishing stops. This is 2009. And pretty much fishing stops. But where we buy a house a quarter mile from the Savannah River. So we buy, it's called an Avalon 120. Okay. And it is a Walmart kayak. But it, okay. it ain't fucking sun dolphin bullshit like this is a this is a real kayak it ain't no two-piece bullshit i mean it's a real kayak was it a sit-in or a sit on top sit-in i mean i got this some bit up in the look i'll try to show you we got i got a ceiling right yeah 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 12 feet it's 80 pounds like this is a real kayak that's a tank yeah yeah, it and it for the river and ponds, unbelievable. And Fact, what year is this? This would have been 2015, 16. Yeah, so that's pretty like that's that's pretty good for that time too. Like that's not uh I mean yeah. Yeah, this we're talking about like when I was looking at this kayak, uh, I wasn't looking at Hobie's, but right. when I was looking at this one, it was come it's very it's Honestly, it looks exactly like the Wilderness System kayaks. Okay. Exactly the same design. Yeah. So I buy this just to go in the Savannah River for us to kayak. We bought that, and we bought my wife a um, 10-foot or, t- no, 12-foot Sun Dolphin sit-in because right. we could take both kids in it. And at this point in time, I was strictly ultralight fishing. So I okay. was taking a 16th or a 32nd ounce jig head with a three quarter inch pyramenum. And see, in, in down here in the South, we don't say power. We say power. 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 P-A-R. I'm going to have to write that one down. Power. Yeah. Just cutting power. out words there or just cutting out letters and adding more in. Well, look, we talk slow, so we got to be quick. <laughs> so we take the pyramenum. <laughs> Oh, I got to write down that quote right there. We talk slow, so we got to be quick. That's right. <laughs> we take the power metal, we throw it out there on a court, like we're fishing with a cricket, and anything in that fucking body of water will eat that three-quarter inch power metal. Bass, mm-hmm. 
crappy, grim, mm-hmm. catfish, and it don't matter the damn size. So I was doing that because it was easy and fun. Mm-hmm. I wanted to get into bass fishing. I found kayak catfishing. If you ever go on YouTube, kayak catfishing, dude is. I uh, remember if I remember him. I think maybe I'll, I'll have to look it up. Yeah. He's in Tennessee. Name's Justin. He catches some badass. He's probably the best kayak. Well, he's just the best cat fisherman on the internet. Right. So anyway, I got into one because I was on the Savannah River. And so where we are in the Augusta, Georgia area, the rapids end. Mm-hmm. So past Augusta, Georgia, there's no more rapids. They end right there. Mm-hmm. They're smallmouth okay. in those rapids. Now, they're not big. They're not like you Yankee smallmouth. They ain't no five, six pounds. But you could go catch three and four pounds smallmouth. In the Savannah hey, hey, River. Fun story. There's nowhere in South Jersey that has smallmouth. <laughs> I might be a Yankee, but we don't have smallmouth. <laughs> hey, speaking of that, make sure we come back to Do You Know Ike? And I got a reason for it, but just oh, yeah. remind Yeah, yeah. Remind. So anyway, we, we do all this shit. We got a small little, um, they built a railroad track, and where they built the railroad track, they had to, to dig out a bar pit. They dug out this bar pit. Right behind my house was a pond. So we, I just did ultralight fishing because it was fun. It was something easy for the kids. Hold and on real I, quick. You said uh borrow pit, like a, like a sand pit. Yeah. Like a bar like a, pit. Okay. Yeah. Bar pit where, where they had to build up the railroad tracks. So they gotcha. borrowed, so they borrowed the shit from the ground. Burrow, yeah. A, a burrow pit. Gotcha. No, 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 no. <laughs> a bara. A bar up it. I got gotcha. you. Not a burrow. A burrow <laughs> inquires that they went under the ground. They burrowed under the ground. You know, that's this, a good point. This, they borrowed it. So they dug the dirt up. <laughs> they borrowed they, it. They just took it for yeah, a little. They, they dug that shit up and moved it <laughs> to the side. They borrowed it. Because <laughs> in the South, you don't ever take nothing. Right. You, you just borrow. You'll be borrowing. My neighbor, if I want to go next door and, and I go to my neighbor, Miss Elena, I'm like, Miss Elena, let me borrow some some Crown Roll. Say, yeah, come on, come on. We can. <laughs> I borrowed a Crown Roll. I, I poured it in my cup. And she's gonna get. She's gonna get something. It might not be Crown Roll. It might not be Crown. <laughs> I mean, I bake artisan sourdough bread and cinnamon rolls. She's probably gonna get cinnamon rolls in hold return. On. So wait, hold on, hold on. Let's take a time out here. Everybody at home, let's uh, let's get our checklist correct about Paul. So we've got uh, we've got a college football player at UNC, correct? We've got a uh, we've got a uh, woodland firefighter, wild wildland, wildland. Sorry, and then we've got police officer. We've yep. got uh, the newest one, which is now artisan bread maker. Well, that's not the newest. I've been making some artisan. Well, I mean, in our story, in our story of Paul, we've just now found about artisan. So, I mean, listen, I'm going to have to have you on for the next one, and we're going to do a bingo sheet, and we got to figure out where we got to put our squares. Look, look, and people could just randomly guess shit that I've done and probably be right. (laughs) They must be right. Four-year period time frame in my life from 2014 to 2018 that those four years are a lifetime of resumes for the average human being. Sure. 
So anyway, now you done got me off of this. Oh, got, we got you the on there. With the, we, we, we doing all this. I want it. Like, I've got all this bass fishing gear that I accumulated in high school. The two years I fished in, in the little bass club here in Alamance. Mm-hmm. And... And then that you know that one year, two thousand eight, that I had a, a a small little project bass boat I was working on that worked, and I took out fishing to a little local lake. And I bought some stuff with the idea I was going to bass fish, and then that shit ended in twenty in two thousand nine. Okay. We move in that area, Savannah River. I don't bass fish. I've got these ultra likes. I got you know three and a half, four foot. Um, Shakespeare ugly sticks with the smallest reels and four pound test. Yep. And I just wanted whatever we catch, just right? Multi species, uh, right? Yeah, what whatever. It doesn't matter. I, I throw that shit out there. Whatever we catch, we catch. So we moved back to North Carolina in 2019. And in the era we are, is if you're familiar with bass fishing, MLF especially in the last this year and then two years ago, where I live, we got Jordan, Falls, and Sharon Harris. Yep. And so we're talking about uh, not Falls, even though Falls got good bass, but you're talking about Jordan, mm-hmm. which set, Biggins. Uh, three years ago when ML, that set of whatever record they have. Mm-hmm. Sharon Harris is known for huge fish, even though we're going through some transition shit here the last three years. Anyway, I go out to ultralight fish in 2019. Have a good time in May. Um, do start a business that fails. I turn into, excuse me, a house husband when COVID hits. Okay. When the end school's here. Do that, start another business. And the end of 2020, December, I go out and I take my little Avalon 120 out to Sharon Harris to bass fish them. Like I, I, I literally pull out reels from 2008 that had not that have all monofilament, right? Be, been relined since then. Like, uh, you know, I go out and I just want to start bass fishing, and then I'm looking for bass clubs that accept non-boaters. And make contact with a couple people. Some don't have non-boaters. Went out fish with a guy. And then somehow, I don't even remember how at this point, I came across kayak fishing. I'm like, motherfucker, I got a kayak. Right? <laughs> right? <laughs> I got a kayak. I got riding reels. Shit. So I look at, I start looking at, I tell my wife, I'm going to start kayak fishing. Go out to Sharon Harris one day. The wind's blowing. There's a bunch of boats out on the water. I take my little Avalon across the, the lake when it's nice and pretty. On the way back, it's like the fucking deadliest catch. In <laughs> and at this point in time, I wasn't no life jacket. <laughs> that bitch was in the back hatch. It wasn't even a hatch. It's under the back bungee cords. Right. Like halfway through the lake, I can't get <laughs> in the kayak. It's too skinny. Right. That, that was the biggest problem with the kayak, too. Like, I love the kayak, but every time I had to fucking piss and I drink a lot of coffee and water, I had to paddle to the shore to go pee. Right. 
Do you understand how long that takes? Dude, I had a paddle kayak and I had to do the exact same thing. I I had the Ascend 10T and I could kind of stand in that. But God forbid I've got the pecker out and a stiff wind comes by. I'm overboard noodling for snapper toner at that point. Yeah. I couldn't even kneel in mine. Because my pepper's too small to reach over the edge. Anyway, anyway, it sucked to stand up to have to pee. And I drink a lot of coffee and water, especially in the morning. So I'm paddling across. And the kayak doesn't have a rudder. But it tracks straight. Like, as a pond and river kayak for $500, if you want an entry kayak, go to fucking Walmart. And see if they got that Avalon. Because I ain't lying. That bitch is good. Now, the, the dry hatches ain't dry. They wet as fuck. But <laughs> they Walmart dry. <laughs> yeah, it paddles fast and That's straight. Good. It's a great kayak for ponds and rivers. But you get in Sharon Harris. and That's big water. And you're in the deadliest catch. And your nose is going under waves. Like it just it ain't for that shit. So anyway, I'm I'll start telling my wife, you're look, good. you're you know, good. I want to condense my life into family, my business, and fishing. <laughs> like mm-hmm. no other no not not all this other shit. And so I get a Hobie uh 14. So PA4. so you went from hold on, so you went from the five hundred dollar I mean, not not the Walmart special, as I yeah. like to call it, right? That's like yeah. The, yeah. the the eight foot sun dolphin, where I see the dude right. with an eight foot sun dolphin. He's got, a, he's got a black pack on the back with twelve rods, and I'm like, what, are you, what, dude? Maybe like you need to upgrade, right? But I mean, you had a good Walmart, and then you went to the Cadillac, like you went to the Escalade, all the way to the top. So I, there are ponds here locally. There are ponds a couple hours from here and in between that are heavily grass laden. And so I did my research. Yep. So this was only, this was this year, the beginning of this year when I started looking. So we're not talking about like, we're not talking about two years ago or anything like that. I mean, we're talking about pretty recently. Right. And I, I wanted the Hobie. Um, you know, when I looked at it, the stability wise and not just the stability, but the, that, that, the, uh, deck, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. how much deck, um, the storage capability in that front hatch, all, all that stuff. But w- honestly, what sold me on the Hobie and what the, the main reason I went with it is that fin system. Um, there's not anybody that will argue the propeller system versus the fin system in grass. Okay. There you go. Yeah. Like, like I'll argue it like, uh, so grass, you're absolutely right. But right. like, so do you have the 360? Do you have instant reverse? I wish I've yeah. got, I've got catch a fish and, and, and go down there and try to do your shit. Yeah. I've got the 180. See, I fish in heavy grass, and I know that the Hobie's better because of the flutter kick, right? You you learn there, your little flutter kick. I have found that instant reverse for for me uh, makes up. uh, So, I mean, for people don't know, and for some reason, if you're listening to my shitty podcast and you don't kayak fish, what are you in? What I'm in in an old town topwater 120 PDL. Okay, so yeah, so. 
a badass fucking boat. Yep, it, it, it's it, it's kind of like uh, I me personally, I think it's Hobie, and then me personally, I think it's Old Town when you count their warranty and everything else. Like I know a lot of people like the Wilderness System ones and the uh, the Jackson ones and. Some crackheads like the vibe ones, um, but when it comes to pedal kayaks, th- th- that's kind of where I think it's at. And I think for me with the Old Town having that instant reverse, yep. because if, if anybody's been in that kayak, when you set into a fish, one, you lose so much leverage compared to a boat. Like if you look at those guys on bass boats and shit like that, like when they set into a heavy fish, you're watching this bass boat move and then... It, it, it's even like three times as much when you're in that kayak, right? So me being able to set and then instantly move in reverse to, to one, help secure that hook set, but also to move that fish from cover so I don't spook the rest that are in there. For me, that's what sold me on a uh, on an old town. But you are absolutely right. I cannot run it through the thick stuff that I'd like to go into. I actually have to pull that drive out because uh, it, it gets caught up. It's a prop system. Yeah. And, and so, you know, when it comes down to, to your kayaks and all that shit, I mean, you, you get a kayak that fits your needs and what you do. 100%. Yeah. I mean, it, I, mean I, I think that really, dude, you made it like, it all depends. Again, like where I fish, I do fish grass, but, but I fish tidal rivers. Like that's River oh, yeah. X is my jam. And guess yeah. what? Tidal rivers aren't chock full of grass you know what i mean because it's fucking tidal like shit's gonna move i know where those grass pads are at i can position next to it i don't need to slog through it but have an instant reverse is a huge point for me because i have to fight the current i have to you know what i mean but you're 100 and i think even back how, how how well you remember that first kayak like it doesn't matter what you guys get like get on the fucking water like i think that's the biggest thing right yeah, it, it, and as somebody that came from fishing and got into the kayak world, I didn't want to get into a sun dolphin because I had done the reviews and I, right. I knew right away that wasn't what I wanted. That that wasn't what I wanted to get. Mm-hmm. So I spent the extra money to get what I got, and it worked well for me, even though I wasn't bass fishing. Right. And it worked well for bass fishing. But it, it's still a paddle. And, you know, I come from being in control. Yeah. Yeah. I come from being, even in my poorest days, I in my as, as in the South, we say in our poest days. Poest. Poest. <laughs> I was still in a John boat with a fucking trolling motor. Correct. So. I, I, I think there's something to be said for how, how kayak fishing has involved. Um, there, there are some cheaper boats now you can get, uh, I think the cheapest one I've seen is, I think it's called the Brooklyn kayak company. They run a thousand dollar pedal drive and it's the old Hobie drive. Not a lot of features, but it'll get you out there paddling. I think a lot of people are moving that way. And, uh, I think those are good. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I think w- whatever gets you out there and moving, I agree. I think, the difference between paddle and pedal is huge. I know a lot of people argue about it. If you guys want to go to the uh, far superior, less internationally known uh, podcast, Jigs and Bigs, um, they're not <laughs> international. Listen, I looked at my statistics. I'm huge in Lithuania. Um, they just don't have the pull that I do. But you wait, um, South Carolina gets hold of this podcast. Woo! 
But uh, they're about ready to have a big discussion when it comes to like paddle pedal. And I think we're going to do a whole round table on it because it's a huge hot topic on if it makes you a better fisherman. If it doesn't, um, like I'm on the side that I think that it's a game changer. When you get pedals, you can move to spots. You can position better. You can concentrate more on fishing and less on staying in one fucking spot. Like even just one direction. Like I, I remember I had an Ascend 10T. Um, and it was a great boat. I had it for huh. four years before I upgraded to the old town. I love that boat, but I'm going to tell you what, three miles an hour wind, I'm spinning like I'm at the carnival just, and I had to have an anchor. I don't even have an anchor now, like, because I don't need it. In my eyes, like, there's some times where I need it, but for the most part, I can position myself and keep myself there with the pe- uh, the pedals. So I, I think there's something to be said that pedals have upped the game to where, if you want to take fishing and whether you're doing it tournament wise, or you just want to be as efficient as possible. Um, I think pedals are the way to go. I, I think I, I I've leaned myself more to telling people to save money. Like if you got to save money for it, like save money for it and wait a little bit if you can. Um, and it's easier because I'm not in the Cadillac of boats, right? I, I, I can tell them to save $2,200. You got to st- you know, a Hobie costs what, like, give or take thirteen, fourteen thousand. Is that where we're at now for a Hobie? No, I'm just joking, man. I'm joking. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Used market's good though. Used market for for PA 14s is a good deal. And, and look, I, I'm I, I bought mine used, and I passed up a bunch of kayak because I knew what I wanted. I knew it was going to come around. I'm an impatient motherfucker. Mm-hmm. Like. I fish. I'm impatient. I will cover <laughs> in a pedal kayak. I will cover twelve to fifteen miles in a tournament. Right. I'm yep. impatient as fuck. But anyway, I, I I got this and it came up. The guy uh, you I was on all the websites and all the YouTube or not YouTube but Facebook stuff. Mm-hmm. The guy came up, posted it for sale. It was a guy that had bought it to take it out to the coast of North Carolina and be able to fish, and he bought it in 2019. He took that bitch out to the coast one time from his beach house with the wheels. He rolled it out there. He got in the surf. <laughs> he stayed out there like 20 minutes, got that bitch back, hauled it back. This guy's in his 60s, right? Yeah. Back, couldn't, you know, none of his 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 kids or anybody wanted to go kayak with him so he hauled that ship back over here to mount airy north carolina and he and he sat on it for a year and he finally was like sold it so i went and bought it and the- dude that's a deal then that's a deal oh, yeah. then yeah. Had nothing, there wasn't no there was a there was a little bit of scratch on it from him turning it up and put the wheels on it yeah well you know a little bit of of sea sea scratch on the bottom yeah. And I asked him why he sold it. He's like, well, I bought it to go fishing, blah, blah, blah. Ain't nobody want to go with me. I ain't feel safe out there. And it was a pain in the ass to haul it from the house to the beach. That's a big boat. Yeah, absolutely is a pain in the ass. Motherfucker's big. And so I got it. Do you, uh, do you, do you have a truck? Do you roll that thing in a truck or a trailer? Yep. yep. I got an F-150 crew cab. It's a five and a half foot bed. It's a PA-14. I put it in the bed. And the guy gave me, if you go to the kayak shops, they got two by four racks. Mm-hmm. On the two by four racks, they had the little pass that the kayak sit on. Mm-hmm. So he, whatever, for whatever, this is how 
lease, how little the boat was used, he had the padding that they gave him when he bought it. <laughs> so, you know, I put the padding on the front handle that goes into the back of the bed. So it was secure because when you ratchet it down, it's secure because it's got the little padding to go up against. Right. And I haul it, no, no T-bar, no shit like that. Yeah, One see, that was a big thing for me on why I didn't go with something bigger. Because uh, I have an SUV, so I have to car top mine. And uh, the, the, the top water is still like 70, I think it's 78 pounds without the drive. Like totally bone nothing. It's 78 pounds. So, And you got the 10 or the 12? I had the 12. Oh, shit. So that's... That's lighter than I thought it would be. I thought 12 would be up closer to 100. Yeah. No, no. Once you get up, uh, that's going to be your Predator series for Old Town. Now it's called oh, the Big I'm Water. Saying. Yeah, those ones get up to 100. So those the, are, the, the top they, water is supposed to be lighter. Yeah, so so the, the Predators are the same weight as the Hobie. Absolutely. They yeah. are a direct competitor. They're only like $500 less. Like that's Old Town's direct competition with the Hobie is the PA-14 to the uh, Predator now uh, big water. Well, they get up to 14 foot, too. So there's a big water 14. Yeah. So, but I, you know, I bought the Hobie. So what it came down to me, and I researched all these a Mm -hmm. lot, just spending that money, it came down to the the fin system. Right. Because I like the farm ponds that I would be fishing are in the grass. I like shallow water fishing, um, all that stuff. So it fit what I wanted in it, you know, and it's, it is more efficient. That Mm -hmm. drive system is more efficient and coming from where I come from as a person and as an athlete, like when I paddled with a paddle, buddies would go fishing with me. I would take buddies because when we put in in the Savannah river, we would paddle up to the mm-hmm. rapids. Right. And it wasn't a bad paddle till you got to the rapids, and then it was rapids. And now you could get in some places, you could walk it up. It was a lot of work. But typically, you'd want to go in the water that was deep enough to paddle. Mm-hmm. More efficient. And <laughs> I had people go with me on that shit. Like, it, I called it at the time that I was po- making these posts on Instagram back in 2018 or whenever it was. I called it paddle like hell. Hashtag <laughs> like hell. I like it. And so I would get up there and paddle. And you know, the buddies that would go with me would be fucking half a mile down the fucking river. <laughs> and I would paddle back to them and then put them back up. And, you know, so it's the same thing with Hobie. There's a buddy of mine. I say a buddy's guy that fishes here locally in North Carolina, Justin Faircloth. He's actually fishing down in uh in Possum Kingdom now. I'm about to say he I, I think I just saw his name. Yeah. He's like top 30, right? Right uh, now. Yeah, yeah. At, at one point this morning he was at like 60 something inches and in first place earlier this saw morning. That. Wow. I saw that Faircloth's a very uh yeah, yeah. he's a big name. Yeah, he's, dude, he's a good angler. He's from this area he's a good angler. <laughs> Uh, so I haven't been competitively kayak fishing until this year. Mm-hmm. And the, we, we were lucky here in the North Carolina. We got two different leagues, clubs, whatever you want to call them. Right. And, um, and so the second time I fished with Justin, <laughs> we're in this lake and we go like 
look, I, I might not be first when it comes into to LinkedIn weigh in, but I'm gonna be button the fucking first out the damn out the damn. <laughs> and you're boy, winning the you're winning the blast off. There ain't nobody with a motor or a pedal kayak or a pedal kayak that's gonna keep up with me. Now I know somebody. I think Greg Blanchard's got one that was just six and a half miles an hour. But, I was gonna say, so, yeah. So you say that, and you do the tournament deal, right? I don't. Uh, I don't. I, I'd love to do tournaments. Uh, maybe in my future. I personally can't do the month-long tournament things. Like I don't have the attention span. I want to do the like, hey, we're fishing this day. Everybody's right. here. We're at this body of water, right? Three, we're done. Yeah, exactly. That like the month-long like, uh, and for me because I do the YouTube videos and everything else, like it ruins. Oh. Like, like I got to worry about, like, I, I already have to worry about, like, putting on a dog and pony show to try to be YouTube famous, like the Guggen yeah. douches. You know what I mean? And now I've got to, like, try to compete, too. It doesn't work for me. But you mentioned something interesting. So I know this is, for me, I'm very conflicted on this. So I know that, like, KBF and some other trail series have been, are they're super lenient on this motor rule. What is your take on this kayak motor rule? Um, I think that, so, you know, you hear a lot about in the kayak world here recently about them, like, oh, all the, all these leagues need to get together and have a certain measurement standard and these standards and this and that. And I, I don't, that's not going to happen. That's why MLF is here versus right? So, but there, but wouldn't you say the measurement standard in kayak fishing has been established, right? Like they've kind of uh, dropped the hog trough. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. But what I'm leading to is mm-hmm. the motor versus non-boat. Okay, sorry. Right? And so we've got three we've got three main kayak tournament series, BSS, mm-hmm. and they're they're main because it's bass. Yep, absolutely. Game long, but it's it's fucking bass. Yep, absolutely. KBF, which is the the OG. Yep. And then we have Hobie. Hobie BOS. Uh, yep. Right. So yep. Hobie has the non-motor side of it, and I think they do that a lot because it separates them from that KBF side that allows everything. Mm-hmm. So for me, when it comes down to the motors, is there an advantage? Yes, and the advantage isn't getting from A to B. It's getting there quick. Mm-hmm. Right now, most motors are four, three and a half, four miles an hour. Right. Somewhere in there. Well, I I can average I can average in my loaded ass, big ass PA, mm-hmm. I can average, I can go four miles at four and a half miles an hour. Right. Now just recently, in the last couple months, I've heard of some trolling motors on kayaks getting those folks at five and a half, six miles an hour. That's the Greg Blanchard. He's rocking well, that uh, super light Slayer that uh, I don't. I forgot who makes Slayer. I think it's Wilderness, but uh, that super light Slayer with that full bore um, torpedo so, on it. So that's where you get into a a a from from point A to point B. Mm-hmm. But what the motor does. Is it gives those people with a motor an advantage on covering water and being able to run farther. So let's say their motor gives out halfway through the day, but they were able to run 10 miles and only have to pedal or paddle back three miles 
where I'm not going to make that kind of run because I know I'm not going to make it. So I would say this is that. Well, I'm going to blow it up even more before you answer. So because I am an old town fanboy, old town has a spot lock. Mm -hmm. No other kayak has that. I do. I mean, that gives a direct advantage and where now you don't have to worry about anchoring systems or anything like that. You load two lithium batteries in that thing which it comes stock with one. Now you've got a full Minn Kota spot lock where it ain't moving. Like you can uh, fish in current. You can uh, sit offshore and fish in one spot because I I feel like specific, like the spot lock, I feel like in engines or motors in general open up deep shore, uh, deep offshore cranking, which is something that not a lot of people do in a kayak because just that that general movement is going to move you off the spot, right? Like you're, you wow. deep cranking at 20 feet or whatever is going to move you off the spot. But competitively, if you've got spot lock, I feel like that yeah, is a it, game changer. And again, that's where I think that the kayak world comes into it, it and at some point evolves into a two – when we think about major – Sure. Right now, we got three major uh, tra- trails. Right. It's go into two, mm-hmm. and, and this is, and and so one's going to have motors, one's going to is not. Right. Pedal and, and paddle in one, and motors right. on the other one. Manual manual mobility versus okay. motor. But the the Hobie three sixty is a spotlight. It's a manual spotlight, but you can do very similar the same you, thing now. You, you have to. You, you have can to do it, but you have to pedal. You have to coordinate yeah. yourself. Yeah. Old Town yeah. cheats oh. to where you have a remote. You right. click and you say, oh, yeah. I, "I don't want to move." That's just great, but that's. I, that's I think it's awesome, but I personally don't think that should be in tournaments at all. Me personally, on my my end of this, I think that um, there should be no motors at all on any of them. I think you should be manual power only, and there should be two divisions. There should be paddle, and there should be pedal. And I, I personally don't think for competitive fishing, motors for kayak should not be involved. The sport's not big enough to separate that individually yet. I agree. It could get to that point, sure. It could get to that point. It's not big enough to separate non-motor. Um, but what you're going to end up having is you're going to have the, the what we have now in the professional bass series where you have bass and you have MLF. Mm-hmm. They're going to have completely separate rules they're not going to work together. They're going to be competition. And, you know, you get to choose. And that's the big thing is like, you know, Derek Brundle, for instance, to my knowledge, and I could be wrong, but to my knowledge, he doesn't fish OBBOS. Right. He doesn't. Yeah. And he fishes, you know, the the his his uh, new canoe with, with the trolling motor and all that. So you have the choice. I think that's what it's going to come up down to is you have the choice to fish and it's going to be the same thing. Like there's no, there's no interaction between the two, which there's not between the three. Now they're not integrated in their tournament of champions or anything like that. I don't know, separate entities and you get to choose, but what's going to happen with the, especially the, with the ones that allow those motors is this going to take that bass where they start to put a uh you know a thrust limit um it's going to when you have the motor 
it's going to be 50 pound, 55 pound thrust. Like that's what we're going to get to, but there's not enough money involved. There's not enough publicity. You're going to have, so where I'm worried about you're, you're right on all of that. Here's where I'm worried about. And you're talking about, there's not enough money. There's not a publicity that the sport needs to grow more. Here's what I'm worried is that when you have, this sport has been grown by your weekend angler. Your your weekend warrior has grown kayak bass fishing to an exempt, a huge level to where it's at, where nobody thought it was going to get this high. When you start putting that barrier of entry to where, um, where four thousand dollars is the barrier of entry, right? Because that's the cheapest motor kayak you could probably put together. If we're talking about new canoe, whatever, right? Like that's the cheapest you could probably do it. Um, I think less people are going to be, I think a lot of people get into it for the manual propulsion oh, yeah. idea for the, uh, I mean, everybody thinks they're going to get in for the simplicity of kayak fishing. Um, but then once you get into it, you realize it is not simple. It's the most opposite. Like if you want simple fishing, get a John boat. Like that is literally way more simple. Fishing, take your ass to the bank. And yes. Ultra light. Listen, kayak fishing, especially if you want to do it at a competitive level, is not simplistic at all. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But what you're laying out is what bass fishing is now from a club level. Right. So your local clubs do not, you know, for the most part, don't have horsepower regulations. You can have 300, you can have a 50. And so that's what you get is you what, but what you get. Yeah, but there's a big, hold on. But there's a big difference between a a horsepower, no, no horsepower regulation and a John boat series, right. Or, or your local bass club, right. There's a big difference between that and a, a new canoe strapped with a 15 horsepower engine or whatever they use, right. Uh, A torpedo, whatever they use. And, the pedal or the paddle kayak that you started out with, right? There's a big difference between those two. There, there is, but you can still, if you allow motors and somebody has a 300 horsepower motor on a, on a, a damn bumblebee, and then <laughs> the, 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 the Jimmy Jack over here has a 40 horsepower on a flat bottom John boat. Mm-hmm. They can fish the same tournament. I mean, that's yeah, yeah, I mean, but there's a competitive. Listen, I think we need to have you in when Biggs and Jigs has this conversation as well, because yeah, I, I but, feel like there's a, a distinct disadvantage between somebody with a pedal or paddle to somebody with a motor. But I think but there's a huge disadvantage. About. But this is what we're talking about, though, is that bass and MLF, how many people were competing in those tournaments? Sure, a lot. Right. Well, right. how many compete people are competing in the local tournaments that have a 300 horsepower, and then the same guy next to them is competing with a 40 horsepower on a flat bottom John boat? Sure. So, what we get, we're, we're not in the kayak world. We don't have that discrepancy between the quote unquote elites right. and our local fishermen. I mean, they're all open series, basically. Right. Like, Exactly, but exactly. I think because it's such a grassroots community, yes, that when you start showing that you can't compete unless you're up here, equipment wise, yep. while the only way it's going to grow is if everybody down here competes. Like you're yep. not going to grow unless everybody 
you know, the, the, the 30 to 40 year old, old dudes jump in their bullshit kayaks and get out there. That's what is actually going to grow the sport. Not a dude in a new canoe with a full on Minn Kota or not a new canoe. I don't mean to shit on them. I mean, I think they're shitty boats, but they can suck it. Good thing. I'm not sponsored by anybody. Um, but, uh, uh, like even the old town, I love old town. I'm not sponsored by them either. I love old town, but some dude straps into an old town. It's almost a $5,000 boat with a spot lock. That's way different than even another old town boat that only paddles. There's that. That's a, it we just have, throws me the wrong way. Yeah. But we have a, we have a path to follow or not to follow, but to, um, look at with, with bass fishing. No, no but we don't want to follow that path. No, we don't want to follow that path because how much does it cost to be a professional bass fisherman? Fishing is a grassroots thing that evolved into what it is now. Right, but if we keep going where we're going, we're going to turn into how BASS is now, where you have to be a multimillionaire to even exactly. get into the game. Well, that's where it's going to go because if you want – so this is the thing. Everybody wants the sport to grow. Right. But when you want it to grow and when you get like everybody is so excited about this first ever Bassmaster kayak championship series. Right. Yep. But when you get into that, when you get to where you're fishing for 50, 70, $100,000, the fucking average Joe Blow with the Avalon 120 and a paddle is not going to compete. He ain't. Not only is he not going to be able to compete, he ain't going to pay to go compete. Right. So that's what we're going to get. The kayak, if the if the sport, and it is, and it will, continues to grow, you're going to have an elite series. You're going to have the opens are going to be no more. Right. You're going to have the elite series. You're going to have to you have to qualify to be a part of this. It's going to be a thousand twelve hundred dollars. But that's the thing is is people want to fish for that kind of money. They want the kayak world to be a fifty, a hundred thousand dollar. I get that. No, I get that. I get the prize, um, the entry fees. I get. I see those escalating. What I don't get, and what I don't want to happen to kayak fishing, and I don't even tournament fish. I don't even know why I'm so invested. But I don't want it. Um, what I don't want it to get to where you have to have now to compete. Um, God, what's his name? I forgot his name. I'll, yeah. But uh, I don't want for you to be able to compete to bass fish to turn into what it is right now with bass and MLF, where you have to have a hundred plus K to get in because of the boat. If it's going to grow, yeah. If it's going to grow the way that people, when people say they want it to grow, that's what they want uh, the pots to be big. Right. It is going to create that line of people that can compete for the fees and with the, boat. the, the tools and the boat and everything that goes with it. And then you're going to have the grassroots local clubs that are there for the rest of us. Right now, it's all intermingled. Right now, you have people fishing for $20,000 in, right. in the Bassmaster Classic. Mm-hmm. Right now, that are in that are paddling their fucking kayaks. It's insane. It's insane. There's probably some in in sit in paddle kayaks that are eight years old. 
But you're not going to, if the sport continues to grow, you're not going right. to see that. You're going to see every single person is going to have a trolling motor. Every single person. That kills it, right? But doesn't that kill the sport itself, which is supposed to be uh, any water, it, I guess. Do you want it to grow or not? I yeah. mean, that's the thing is everybody wants it to grow. Why do they want it to grow? The competitive fishermen want it to grow. Excuse me. The competitive fishers want it to grow. <laughs> fishers, <laughs> we're, we, we got to bring it back to fishers. So they can make it so they can get sponsors so mm -hmm. they can win money. And for it to grow to that point, it becomes an elite series. Yeah. The open series dies. You still Bass Pro still has the open series, but they I mean all of them do, right? BAS has oh, open, MLF has open. Yeah, but those opens, the people that are fishing those opens are fishing to get into the the MLF to get right, into but for them to even fish those opens, it's tens of thousands of dollars in equipment Dude, to uh, even yes. do it. Oh yeah. It, so here's here's one of the things with kayaks is you still the the cost to entry. Let's just say that we get to that MFL MLF blah blah blah. Mm -hmm. The cost of entry is still going to be lower. You're not going to sure. be. You don't have to have a you know a fifty thousand dollar boat. You don't have to have um, you know an eighty thousand dollar boat and all the trucks and shit. I mean you're you're going to need there. It, when it gets to that point, they are going to have stipulations. Like, I hope Hobie continues. I do, too. I actually top. think Hobie's doing it right on their series. Yes. Yeah, and I think so. And I think that they have the right. And I hate to say that. But I think but <laughs> see, that's, that's what I think is yeah. if Hobie continues with the manually power. Yeah. And now when money gets involved two years, four years, five years from now, that could change. I don't think so because I think Hobie has zero. Uh, I think Hobie has zero. Yeah, but they're directly. They don't want to go into that game because they're, they're the standard. They're yeah, the OG standard. Right, but they're competing with Bass, and Bass has everything. That's true. That's true. So I, I, it'd be interesting to see what happens in a couple of years because you're right, Bass has everything right, but I, Hobie also has the gold standard when it comes to kayak fishing right. and pedal kayaks. Right, they are the first. They've done it the longest. They are the most established. Behind KBF, we can't throw KBF out. I think KBF's dying. So, but but, but that's what I'm saying <laughs> is I think that there's you know, but that's the thing is when yeah. you look at national power mm -hmm. uh, you have hobie and you have bass and and you're right but this is again where where, where it wasn't see i've been out the fishing game long enough that mlf i was out the fishing game when mlf started showed up yeah so i'm like trying to catch up on what the fuck mlf is yeah but you know they completely they stepped out from the flw game which was a which I was, mean, they did, but they actually rolled it back in. If you look at what they did last year, where they rolled, um, so they acquired FLW, right? Mm -hmm. And they said, uh, well, first they did MLF, and they said, hey, this is the only way to do it is this all fish count level. And they did that one year, and they had a one pound limit, and it was a dink fest. Just or uh, what's his name? Wheeler, uh, just destroyed Jacob Wheeler, destroyed by catching nine million one pound fish in a tournament which I don't think is entertaining. Um, 
and some people do it's whatever. And then the next year they rolled in and they, they upped the limit. They decided to change the limit per lake. I thought that was a great choice. Yeah. Yeah. It's a phenomenal choice. Uh, but then they bought FLW and uh, they did all this advertising about how the uh, every fish counts we're going to weigh and release is so much safer for the fish. But then they run their FLW after they re, after they bought FLW, rebranded it to the Toyota series, I believe. Mm-hmm. And it's it, it's still a catch. It's still big as five. But but when it's you, still big as five. So but you said that it was so environmentally, but, so well, environmentally so, upsetting. But crazy. but then you have more tournaments yeah. with this Toyota series. So it they kind of threw but, me off at that. You got to understand for them to do the catch and release, the catch yeah. way of release. You have to have. They ain't doing that shit at the regional level. Like you have to. <laughs> So, no, but they could. They could, but people yeah. weren't into it. Yeah, like they right. have the scales right. they can put into it. Here's the thing: I, I will say them switching to the two pound limit and then making it vary. Yeah, yeah, they make it vary. I actually like it now more because you're not having Jacob Wheeler, who is an amazing angler. I don't mean to shit on him. I'm not. Um, he's not going to hear this again. It's Bass and Bruce. Nobody hears this. Um, Ain't nobody. I, Jeez. Right, exactly. I, I looked on Anchor. There's 22 motherfuckers that watch this, and I love all of you. But there's 22, and I appreciate every single one of you. Well, you gonna get 25 from me tonight. You gonna get yes! two extras. But uh, like Jacob Wheeler, he's a great fisherman. But he gamed the system, and he caught a shit ton of one pounders. Which yeah. I watched that shit live because all the big names went over there, and I was like, "This is great. I like all these guys." And then I'm like. Oh, sweet. You're catching dinks. Like, maybe I could be an MLF because, oh, shucks, he's catching one-pounders for days. That's a whole different topic about It is. And you know what? I think that's an excellent topic that we got to talk about, I think. Regular-ass people talking about, I could fish. You you see that a lot here in, in my area when the pros come over here and they catch their fish at Jordan Falls and Harris. Mm-hmm. And then you get all these local, you know, Facebook fucking warriors going, oh, my God, I could compete with these motherfuckers. Let me tell you something. I no, played you college football at Division One level. And the, 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 the steps from high school football to Division One football are fucking huge. Yep. Huge. Yep. The best players on – on football, high school football teams never make it in Correct. college. And, and, then, and, and even a step further, the college right. to the pros. And then you take from the college to the pros. Yeah. And you're talking about going playing football to being a business, and you are playing against yep. grown-ass fucking men. These, ain't no, these motherfuckers, they do not care because mm-hmm. you – they're, this is their livelihood. This is mm-hmm. their paycheck. This is their kids' food. This is what puts food on their table. The mentality, what people don't get, you can catch fucking fish. Anybody can go out there and catch fish. When you get in a competitive situation where you paying the bills versus you not paying the bills is on the table, your mentality has to change. This is what people don't get about professional athletes and yep. and. Fishers, fishers, anglers are professional fucking athletes. There's a mental game to what they do that the average 
angler, the above ad- average angler cannot achieve. 100%. That is, it is, has nothing to do with your casting ability. It has nothing to do with. No, it's all mental game. Making the right decision at the right time Ooh. under high stress. You watch, go watch fucking Jacob Wheeler. He posts yep. videos that you watch how he fishes. Watch no, he's good. He's focused. Watch yep. what he does. Watch how, and we don't even get to see the little things that he does. We mm-hmm. don't see the shit that he has prepared. He's playing. We don't get to see that, but watch just how he fishes. Yeah, the average weekend warrior angler, the damn club angler, ain't going out there with that fucking mentality. The weekend, exactly. I mean, it's, just, it's a whole like it. It is the mental game for professional sports that people don't have, right. and so it's 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 the same thing with with kayak angling right i mean you have russ snyder's ain't winning every tournament but he's competitive in it oh no tournament. but he's probably our kvd right for for he's he's up there with it right I mean, he's on a, he's on another level he's on yeah. a next level from the normal kayak angler that's right. out there he's he's got he's got a and it's not it's not just his knowledge it's not his ability it's the middle game. Look at Christine Fisher over the last three years, right? Yes, like, killing it, her, killing her it. Mental. We see her ability. We could see her ability three years ago. Yeah. But the difference between now and three years ago is we see that mental game of hers, where she is fucking dialed in. Greg Blanchard, matter of fact, is the mo- is one of these. He's one of these guys that is so laid back, dialed in. Like he's just easy to follow. He instructs. Yep. The dude is dialed fucking in. Watch him fish. He gets to a grass bed and he and he throws he throws a jig. Dude, throws- I love watching him fish either Great Lakes or the Delta. Like watching him fish those two fisheries. They're completely different, but it's such a fucking clinic on both those fisheries yeah. from a kayak. It's so amazing. Yeah, and, and when so so the whole thing when yeah. you get into this professional fishing standpoint, right? I don't care if you can throw a fucking bait 150 yards in in a five gallon bucket every time you throw it. You know what? That's the simplest fucking thing in fishing is casting. Mm-hmm. How is your mental game? How are you right. when you're not catching fish? How are you adjusting? What are you doing? Where are you thinking? Where's your mind? Like that's where. The greatest athletes of all time separate themselves is the mental game. Michael Jordan, the one of the greatest athletes ever, that was what he did. He he created situations to for him to compete that didn't even exist. Yeah, like I I love to fish. I love to bass fish. I hate just fucking fishing for fun. Right. I hate it. I don't want to fish for fun. I I grew up an athlete. I'm an athlete. I want to compete. Like I need some kind of competitive mm-hmm. atmosphere in my life. I compete with my wife on all kinds of shit, and she's better than I am at all of them. But <laughs> I'm sure try to beat her. But like I fish to compete. Like I don't fish to be top five, top three. Like I just started fishing these local tournaments. I just got into kite fishing. Just got back into competitive fishing. I fucking fish to win. Right. Like if 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 my goal is to be top five in AOI, right. 
if I win every fucking tournament, I'm going to be top. Like my goal is to win. I I fish to compete to win. So when you look at it, and we take we can take this back to going to the, you know, competitive the motors versus not. It's going to end up being, in the kayak world, it's going to end up being, I think, the Hobie BOS manually powered. I hope, I hope it's going to be this. I think it will. Versus, you know, BASS, KBF, whatever it is, in in the powered side. And I think that you're going to have, just like you have now, you're going to have people go back and forth and to the point that the money comes into play that they can't, they have to choose. And then we're going to have that push and pull of what fits people's like some people fish MLF way better because they're better at catching a lot of fish versus right. that's no, why I, 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 I think you're totally right on that. Yeah. I think, I, I, and, and I think you're right on that split. I, I think Hobie's going to yeah. take that manual and I do think BASS is going to take that and as much as I like them, but I think old towns. And if you look old towns more sponsored with them more than, the other series, I think that's going to be the split that's going to happen. But what what comes into play, which one or both survive, is the money that's going into each one. Exactly, both might might not survive because of if it gets to that point mm-hmm. that there are TV rights involved and marketing rights and all this and that. One, in my opinion, is going to survive, and one's not, and it's going to be the one that creates the most excitement with the people that want to watch it. I don't think kayak fishing gets to that point. I don't think it gets to the I don't either. Yeah. point. I think right now, partly because of COVID and the cost to enter, it's, it's not at the peak right now. We're getting there. But I think over the next five years, it, it starts to go down. I think right. you're going to see club clubs go down from these big clubs go down from a uh, 120 anglers and 70 anglers. They're going to go to 70 and 30 again. I think in the next five years, you're going to see these local clubs. Jesus, go online right now and look at some of the kayaks for sale. It's, uh, it's, it's a huge supply and demand problem right now. Right. People are selling kayaks left and right. So I yeah. think that, in the next five years, we're going to get down to the levels we were two years ago. It'll even out. You're going to have a professional series that pays money because strictly because of sponsorship, not the TV, not radio, not social media, strictly because of sponsorship opportunities. You know, you're going to have Berkeley, you know, Berkeley. Uh, sponsoring Rust Knot. Mm-hmm. You're going to have see it. Yep. an elite series with 20 or 30 people. It's going to be there. Mm-hmm. Where we are right now, I think, is the apex. Okay. I can see from, that. From the from the local side. Right. I think that's going to – I think we're at the apex and it's going to go down. And we're going to be like what – pretty much what BASS was in the 90s. You're going to have a strong local feeder system that kicks out some good anglers. Right. Go into the Up to the elites. And I think that's actually where it needs to be. I think that's where it needs to be. Yeah, it's saturated right yeah. now. 
I mean, it it's is super saturated. You have you have people. You said you've been fishing what six years now? I think you said uh, bass fishing since twenty sixteen. So actually, like only like five years. So uh, yeah, yeah five, close enough. Yeah. So, so, um, well, almost seven Four, years. Five years. Yep. Right. So then you've got you know you've got folks. The guy uh, I'm having a brain fart and a guy you had on your first ever episode. Oh, had, uh, Ramon oh, Outdoors. Big props. Yeah, to Ramon. Him. Yeah, yeah, Ramon. He just started. He just started right. So you have these people. Yep that just started fishing a year ago entering in kayak tournaments. Mm-hmm. They're not, they're, they're not elite level. Like that's not what the market's built for. Yeah. It could be, but do they fish more than a season or two? Probably right. not. Probably not. You're right. Yeah. Most people quit out, but you have these bass boat guys, Jody queen, Corey yep. Dreyer, who's back in a bass boat. Yeah, Some of these others so that disappointing come, <laughs> that come come into the kayak world who are fucking I mean sticks, right? Mm-hmm. Motherfuckers know how to fish. Yep. <laughs> now they're fishing against this motherfucker that started last week. You're right. It definitely skews the market or the so, competition on it. Right. So yeah. I think you, you end up like the cost of entry is a way to get a lot of people involved. So that a few people can take their money. Yeah. And that's just going to even out. We can see that now. We see so many kayaks for sale right now. Kayaks are a year old right now for sale that people paid $6,000 for it. are selling for four. Right. So there's there's an apex that's coming down. The kayak fishing world is going to be a competitive and professional sport soon. I think so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be a small pool of people that are in there. Right. And it goes back to the motor side. Who wins? Does Kobe win or does Bass with, with the I motor? think that's uh yeah. I, I think that's something I to, to wait and kind of watch for to see which one draws more market and, and you're right, more sponsorship, more dollars. Yeah. Well, it comes down to viewers. Which one's more exciting? Right. Right. I think as a whole, both of those sides have done a piss poor job in viewing the product. We got to rely on yeah. uh, our favorite anglers YouTube channels to see the coverage of it. I but it's hard because it's so new and it's yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, I, I get that. It's new and we do rely. And I think those uh I think those creators that put stuff out are awesome. Those folks that are in the tournaments and they can still put out the Christine Fisher, Greg Blanchard. um, Those two specifically for me personally, I watch a ton of both of them, um, both for different reasons. Christine's very much cut and dry. This is my tournament. I'm not doing a lot of fancy shit, right? I'm going to go out. Greg Blanchard does for me everything that I'd love my channel to turn into sometime. He's got way too much B-roll, which I enjoy immensely. He's got (laughs) wonderful music. Um, He's got bullshitting around a campfire. like, um, And then he's got killer fishing. Like That's what I'd love my channel to be. But but that's the thing is that's where some of the bass people are right now is that you're – your successful well, people from a money standpoint are the ones creating content. Yes. Not yeah, you, you, you have the new generation showing and a lot of older generation learning that it's not just, uh, especially during COVID, 
Uh, it's not just your tournaments that are going to drive your sponsorship sales. It's going to be your YouTube. It's going to be your Instagram. It's going to be your other social media outlets. Uh, I think Brandon Polinick is a huge one. That guy, mm. his uh, his YouTube channel is amazing and it's blown up huge. And I um, I fully believe that it's led to bigger contracts that he's gotten to le- allow him to leave MLF and go to Bassmaster with very little pain on his end. Yeah, and and so that's a lot that's going to come in because when you get sponsorship money, mm-hmm. like their their question is what it like who who's going to see your shit, right? Yep, you're in a sponsorship game from a podcast standpoint. Yeah, I have a sponsor, a local landscaping lighting company, outdoor mm-hmm. uh, lighting pros, who sponsored me. They gave me money mm-hmm. and. I put them on, you know, I've 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 made enough content that I can pretty much post daily. Yep. And put them on at least three posts a week. And yep. now I like and share their shit. He they're a client of ours. They're he's a friend of mine. They do great work. I believe in their shit. But when it comes down to it, like his first question was, How many followers do you have on Instagram? I'm like, at the point in time he asked me, I was like, I'm like 680. Yeah. He goes, oh shit, that's a lot. To him, that was a lot. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, sweet. Hell yeah, I got 680. Well, now I'm almost, you know, I don't know what the fuck I'm at, like 760 or something. Right. And I told him, I was like, look, dude, I've had a couple of people reach out to me for your contact information from my post. Yep. People ask me. But, you know, in that time that since he sponsored me, I've, I've grown, my channel's grown by almost 100 people. Mm-hmm. And and so, but what that leads to is when you have a Christine Fisher that's got how many ever thousands. Yep. You know, like that is what people want to give you money for because yes. the whole purpose for giving you money is to sell their shit. Yes. That's it. They give you money. One hundred percent. shit. Yep. Like hoodla, uh, you know, hooks that hoodla, yep. I would love to be a part of a part of that, mm-hmm. but. I'd be a part of that because of they like, well, Paul can sell me. Paul can put my shit out there and sell me shit. And so that's, that's what it comes down to. I mean, well, I will say I'm going to argue with you. Okay. And it's going to sound super cheesy because I'm wearing the shirt. I am a member <laughs> that that is not what they're actually about. That's what makes them great. Yeah. So if you look at the dudes that are on pro staff, like you've got dudes that are anywhere from like 200 followers to up to 5,000. Like, it's a huge range. It's a movement. Um, All right. So I've got to play headmaster here, and we got to do a timeout. And by timeout, I mean we're going to have to do another episode, man. We're at an hour and a half. Like, to keep these at a certain length, dude, we're going to have to do this again. I didn't even get to any of my questions. Let's keep going. We can break that shit up. I can't, brother. I got (laughs) shit to do today, too. So we on the look, we on the same East Coast time frame, which is (laughs) your day is fucking over. No, we're so so we're gonna have to schedule in no time, Paul. It's been great having you on, but you're not gonna get off without some rapid fire. Are you ready? Practicing. All right, first one's gonna be instant pass or fail because we've covered it earlier. Is it pork roll or is it Taylor ham? Um, I call it pork roll. There you go. That's the right answer. But all right. I will use oh. ham because some people don't fucking understand pork roll. Listen, they don't matter. 
Is it Krispy Kreme? What, what's better, Krispy Kreme or Dunkin'? Oh, my God. Fucking donut, Dunkin' Donuts can suck my sweaty balls. Mm. It so is so deep fried, motherfucker. How do you take deep fried over baked? Nobody in the right fucking mind takes deep fried over baked. And, and, and sir, do you know where Krispy Kreme is from? North Carolina. Mm. I got some more for you here. Let's see if you get them. Uh, are you fishing shallow or are you fishing deep? Both. Both. Depending on the season. I will, so let's take summertime, for instance. Right now, I'm throwing a, a, a regular to a super fluke in the mornings until mm-hmm. that sun comes over the trees. And then I'm taking my ass down to 15 to 40 feet. Gotcha. Which sucks. Uh, <laughs> it sucks. It sucks in a kayak. It's uh, Coke versus Pepsi. Oh, my motherfucking Pepsi Cola. It ain't Pepsi, it's Pepsi Cola. When you grow up with a grandpa from South Carolina, it ain't Pepsi, it's Pepsi Cola. You order Pepsi Cola. <laughs> Where's Pepsi from, do you know? North Carolina. It's from North Carolina. I, yeah. I put two in there. Uh, before we go any farther, uh, real quick, what the fuck is up with a North Carolina-style hot dog? Have you? Do, do you know what this is? So I Googled today because yeah, I'm a it's, professional. It's slow, slow and hot dog. What it's slaw, chili and onion and a hot dog? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But look, dude, you, real quick, even before look, we get to the last question, you're gonna make sandwich Saturday with some bullshit fucking Carolina style hot dog. Stop with the sandwiches now because I got my fucking sandwich answer. Oh, I got you on that one. All right, hold on with the hot dog because you asked okay. about the fucking hot dog. Look, in the south, when you order hot dog on your chili, there bet not be no fucking beans in that chili. I saw that. What yes. Fuck? Yes. Look, when no. here's here's no, what this is why you lost. You didn't have any beans on your chili. <laughs> look, yeah. look, y'all stole all the motherfucking beans. <laughs> Get them shits up there so y'all can have. Here's the thing: in the south, in the south, when you ask, I want a bowl of chili. You gonna get beans, meat, and some and shit in a bowl to eat. When you order a hot dog and you say I want chili, they this same restaurant could have chili with beans that you get in a bowl. But when you order a hot dog with chili on it, they got a whole nother chili that they got beans. I saw it. It looks like weird uh, ketchup based meat sauce. It looks fucking disgusting. And you guys should be ashamed of yourself. Chili without the bean. Who the fuck wants a bean? With their hot dog. Who the fucks want chili on their hot dog? Well, if you have it without beans, anybody with any sense. No, I'm calling bullshit on your whole uh, fucking slaw, onion, and chili. I'm calling bullshit on all of it. Moving on. Barbecue. Barbecue or grilling? I am a... I am a... I'm a barbecue connoisseur. I can Mm -hmm. cook you... Your hot dogs, your hamburgers, your pulled pork, your brisket. You come on down here now. Bring your churns. Bring your wife. Y'all come on down. We'll do a live podcast in the garage over I here. I love it. I love it. A little teeny thing. We'll do, do this it. and we'll, we'll cook. So go ahead. Barbecue versus grilling. <laughs> oh, my God. I think this is one of the main reasons we almost started talking. Because oh I was God. like, oh, shit, there is a difference. Which one's better? If you invite me to a fucking barbecue, 
I'm showing up expecting beef and pork on a fucking grill. No, no, you mean you mean beef hamburger and a pork hot dog, right? No, not even remotely <laughs> fucking pork. Like I'm expect you invite me, Paul Roberts. This happened my freshman year of college in North Carolina. Like, I grew up in South Carolina. It's North Carolina. It's like, hey, Paul, you want to go to a barbecue? I'm like, fuck yeah, hell yeah, I want to go to a barbecue. We're going to drink beer and eat pig. Have a good time. I show up. They ain't got no beer. And they got, a, they got a tabletop grill the size of this fucking helmet on a cooking hot dogs and hamburgers. And I'm like, where the fuck's a barbecue? Like, this right here. I'm like, this is grilling. So when you grill, you cook a hamburgers, hot dogs, you know, chicken wings. I grit gr- <laughs> barbecue is a verb. Barbecue is a noun. Barbecue is shit that you eat. You invite me to a barbecue. I expect meat that's been cooked more than eight hours <laughs> and eat. Now, I love if it. You we know, come eat hamburgers and hot dogs and steak and chicken wings. I love all of that shit. But you tell me. But don't call it barbecue. No, we grilling. We grilling. I got a big green egg, so I can grill and smoke. <laughs> but we don't barbecue. I I have never in my life barbecued. I have cooked barbecue. <laughs> I ain't never barbecued because that this. shit ain't a verb. You can't barbecue. It's a pronoun, you, not a verb, right? You you eat it, you cook it. Damn it, god damn you! Fuck me. That, uh, you done got me all riled the fuck up. Got him, got him all hot and bothered. All right. In a three-hour trip. Now. In a three-hour trip, one seven-pounder or five two-pounders? Fucking seven-pounder all day long because fuck two-pounders. I can catch them bitches all day long. Love it. And the second to most important question ever, uh, Guggen Squad versus Hookset. Uh, well, Hookset, because I love you guys. I'm about to say you better fucking answer right. Yeah. <laughs> You ain't asked me about my damn sandwich. About my sandwich. Oh, no, no, no. I said the second most important question. First most important. The only reason we're huge in Lithuania is because, (laughs) let me hear your top three sandwich proteins. Let's hear it. Because um, if you guys are listening um, and you don't follow me on Instagram, uh, you should fucking follow me. Because on Saturdays, I've just started Sandwich Saturdays. Uh, We started off with a doozy with liverwurst. It was fucking disgusting. And I almost threw up into my mouth. Um, but I'm going to be eating. It was fucking gross. It was did gross. You it or did you eat what? it cold? It was cold because he told me to eat it cold with mayonnaise and cheese. Two pieces of liverwurst with mayonnaise and cheese on a bun. It was fucking you know gross. It, it, anybody that tells you to eat organ meat, cold. this was the Filipino cowboy who fly it, fishes. He said eat cold fucking liver meat, and I ate it. He's fucking with you. Look, I grew up in the South, but we ate lungs, liver, heart. Dude, everybody up here said, no, that's how we eat it. Maybe, maybe well, you should have added onions. We- no, go fuck yourself. It was cat food on a fucking bun. This is the most swearing I've done all episode, and I'm really mad. But I recorded the whole thing where I almost vomited in my mouth. It was fucking disgusting. I showed it to my wife. She was like, what are you doing, you degenerate? Like, But look, 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 top three. Top the- three. In the Top. South, we ain't stupid. Organ meat sucks. Yes. Don't shit. eat it. Don't you eat, eat it. That, you eat that shit fried in a pan with some fucking loaf bread. No, you just don't fucking eat it. It's no, real simple. It for, it's delicious. 
I will eat liver. No, you ask, just said it sucks. No, thing. fuck off. Ask you me. just said it sucks. Ask me my Listen, if you got to put lipstick on a pig, you shouldn't fuck that pig. All right? I have eaten everything on a pig from the tutor to the pooter. <laughs> to the tutor to the pooter. All right, brother. What's your top three sandwich proteins? <laughs> I hope it's tutor and pooter because I'm going to have to eat it. You know what the tutor is? The The snout. Okay, and the pooter is the asshole. <laughs> right. And, yeah. and the tail goes past the asshole, and I've eaten the tail too. <laughs> Look, you, All just, right. you need to come down here. Let me cook you some. Let me cook you some of some of the organ meat. Let me cook it for you. Listen, after Big Nasty, I'm really doubting the friends that I'm making online. <laughs> I feel like you guys are setting me up for failure. <laughs> Look, but people in the South. Don't cook food for people not to eat. You guys also eat chitlins, which is garbage. So, have you ever had a chitlin? I have, and it's fucking garbage. You have it boiled or fried? It was fried, and it was in Mississippi, and I I literally rethought a large portion of my life because it was disgusting. I, I listen. I don't have a weak stomach. I will try anything. It's, a del- it's like bacon. It's like chewy bacon. I, I again, we're gonna have to do another episode because I feel like we really need to have a deep down discussion on you guys lost because you guys eat garbage food and it's just the worst ever sometimes. <laughs> well, so all right, man. Top three sandwich proteins. Let's do it. Well, real quick. Speaking of loss, is like people think that um, that um, uh, uh, biscuits and gravy originated in the South. No, it did not. They did not. It's a Yankee food. A North North, North. a North North thing. It's like Uh Maine, Vermont, Michigan. Yep. Exactly. Yep. Yep. Not a Southern thing. Same place Scrapple originated. Scrapple's a Pennsylvania. That's an Amish thing where they just put a bunch of pig buttholes and then they put maple syrup on it and it's garbage too. It's not buttholes, it's brains, but it's yeah. It's just gar it's garbage too. I've had that. It's a big thing here. My father-in-law eats it on a daily basis. And uh, I also think that's a garbage food. That <laughs> so, so I have I, I'm really strongly opinionated on foods and um uh, scrapple um a lot so of southern food like, so is like, so what it sounds like in the south, what we would call you is you don't like poor people food. No, I like poor people food. I was poor, but I grew up in Washington, so that meant we had to have salmon. <laughs> Look, if you call it salmon, we don't call it salmon. Oh, you guys call it salmon. Salmon. I, yeah, I don't know how to pronounce it. Every time I say my wife says, hey, what we cooking tonight, go look in the fridge. And I'm like, oh, we have a salmon. She laughs. Nope, it's, it's salmon. salmon. Oh, it's my God. salmon. So if you having salmon in the South, you rich motherfucker. Because oh, that's, that's just poor people food. That's red meat. That's just poor people food. It's red meat. It's poor people food. So my three, my three, my three sandwich meats are. What you got, brother? Bologna. Okay. Right, wait, wait, hold on. Before we go any further on bologna, is it like, uh, is it like deli bologna, or is it like uh, from that Oscar Mayer bullshit plastic <laughs> container? We ain't no. You got you got your boar's head. Yeah, yeah. Highfalutin bologna. Then you got Oscar Mayer bologna, and then you got po people bologna. Which are is, you talking about? Po people bologna. Po people bologna ain't. It, it's chicken, beef, and pork. 
we ain't talk the 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 good baloney is like beef. Yeah, that's now, all it is. That's all baloney's supposed to yeah, be. Yeah, we talking about the tits and the clits. <laughs> <laughs> that's got to be another quote. The tits and the clits. All right, so we're talking about tits and clits baloney. Okay, like this is potted meat in a flat form. I've had potted meat. Potted meat's fucking disgusting. Oh my god, you fucking suck, dude. You're you are an elitist. Because <laughs> I don't like potted meat. <laughs> well, it's not just a potted meat. We've talked about all the good goddamn stuff. coastal elite and your non-potted meat. <laughs> all right, your what's number wife, two? Your wife must be a damn doctor. She must earn at least five hundred thousand <laughs> if you don't like damn potted meat. Potted meat's fucking gross. What do you got for number two? I'm so scared. If it's squirrel, I'm fucked. Fried liver pudding. You ask? Look, oh, what the fuck wife, is fried liver pudding? You, I tell my wife, I tell all my friends, and I tell my business people. I'm writing it down because I yeah, fucking, they come to me. And no, like, I'm gonna have to fucking eat this, man. What is fried liver talk? pudding? How do you how do you like how do you make friends with everybody? I'm like, I fucking talk. I talk to everybody. Mm-hmm, but and what so, the fuck is fried liver pudding? Oh my god, you de- oh my god, you probably don't have nieces up there because it's too far north. But liver pudding is like liver mush, except it's more in a solid form. So it's liver worse. No, not even. Ugh. Is no, it spam? Oh my god! No, spam is spam is like the tits and clits of bologna. I love spam, but dude, spam is delicious. Cool. I love. I spent a lot of time in Hawaii, and uh, oh those motherfuckers god. know how to cook some spam. Well, you don't even have not know how to cook it. It's delicious. People just have a, you know, they have a. Oh no, we make masubis at the house like twice a month. You know what a masubi is? It's like no. a spam sushi roll. So oh. you do rice, you do spam teriyaki sauce, rice, and then you wrap that bitch in uh, seaweed. Oh my Dude, god! And then I can also make it where you make a rice uh, scrambled egg mixture. So you can make a breakfast roll out of that bitch. So good. So if you ever want to know how to cook spam and eggs, mm-hmm. um, I'm pretty good at it. Really? What's oh, I, the, what? What? What the fuck's his name that cusses all the time? I'm having a brain fart right now. Um, the the chef, Hills Kitchen. Oh, uh, uh, Gordon Ramsay. There so you Gordon go. Ramsay goes to Hawaii mm-hmm. and cooks Hawaiian spam and eggs. Yep. Yep. Watch that episode if you want to cook. Well, first of all, if you want to learn how to cook scrambled eggs properly, watch that episode because he teaches it. Because most motherfuckers be burning their damn eggs. Oh, yeah, no, no. So so I I learned how to cook spam eggs from the boat. We had two cooks who were from, one was from Hawaii, one was from American Samoa on our boat. Oh, my God, y'all. So every Sunday we would have spam and eggs. Every oh day underway, every, or every Sunday underway. Yeah. I've like, I, I love it. I use it all the time and shit. My kids yeah. love it. Like, like I've been really hoping for somebody to put fucking spam on this goddamn list so I can enjoy it. What's number three? Spam. Look, liver. I say you, you got, got fried liver pudding. pudding. Number two, liver pudding. You gotta have, gotta have. Try to find, but you fry it just like you would sausage. Okay. In a pan, just like you would sausage. 
That's going to be an investigative. Uh, we're going to go swamp rat, bass and bruise investigative. Uh, Chris Hansen mode to catch a liver pudding. I'm I'm thinking at this point in time, swamp rat fishing needs to bring his wife and Turin's down here to to North Carolina. Yeah. Cook. I do. And the I other do. one is going to surprise the shit out of you. Hard salami. Okay, I can do hard salami. <laughs> But I mean, I wrote it down. Uh, I actually fake like I wrote it down because like four people have said heart salami. Heart salami, you can't beat that shit. That's super easy. Dude, yeah, it's still it's it's fucking delicious. I want to tell you what I'm gonna have a real hard time, but I'm gonna do what I can to find fried liver pudding. I don't know if I'm gonna get it this week, but you're not gonna find it fried. You have to buy the liver. Oh no, no, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna buy liver pudding and then fry it myself. I'm gonna film the whole thing and then uh, hopefully I live past it. Hopefully. That's not the last episode of Bass and Brews and Sandwich Saturdays. It, it won't be. You're going to be a so much. I can tell your wife has been behind this camera going, what the fuck? No. Hell. When she watched me eat the liverwurst, one, when she opened up the fridge, she goes, why did the cat vomit in the fridge? And I said, she didn't. It's liverwurst. And she goes, why are you mad at me? And I said, I'm not mad at you. So. And then she watched a video, and she's like, you're a fucking moron. And I said, I can't argue that. I want you – one thing I want you to do is go find some souse meat. What? What is that? O-U-S-E. What? S-O-U-S-E. Souse. S-O-U-S. That's not a real word, sir. I'll tell you what souse meat is. It's squirrel. It's squirrel and moose together. It's all pig. It's all pork, so it's all delicious. But when you clean the pig and you boil down the head, you got all this stuff. So what you got left are the feet and some of the knuckles and all the joints. So what you do is you put all that shit in a pot and you boil it. I thought we were becoming friends. I don't know why you want me to eat this. It is absolutely (laughs) delicious. And if you can't find good South meat, I'll get you some homemade South meat from the South. I'm going to tell you right now, in New Jersey, you can't find South meat. Um, Look, you might, you'll be surprised. Go to Boar's Head. Find a Boar's oh, yeah, Head. That, yeah, that might be true. I might be able to find it at the butcher. You can find South meat. All right, Paul. So, listen, this has been more than I thought it was ever going to be. <laughs> this was an amazing podcast. Um, and the, the one thing I've really learned is we've got to do this again. Yeah. Like, this is not a one episode deal. I know. I ain't even drunk yet. I'm not even either. <laughs> I'm I mean I'm a little disgusted on your your fucking liver pudding. But so we're going to have to do this again. But we're going to say I do for now. Everybody thanks for watching. If you're watching this on YouTube, do all the bullshit you're supposed to do there. If you're watching on Apple or whatever, do all that bullshit too. But uh thank you guys so much for watching. <laughs>